Have you ever had a nightmare neighbor? You know, a neighbor from hell? You know what I'm talking about. If so, we want to hear about it in our brand new podcast, Nightmare Neighbors. That's right. We got another one in the works. But we need your stories first. Go to NightmareNeighbors.com and send in your Nightmare Neighbor story. Or call in toll-free 888-68-CRAZY. 888-68-CRAZY. And share your Nightmare Neighbor story with us. And we may talk about it and use it on a future episode of the Nightmare Neighbors podcast coming very soon. Maybe they're your current neighbors. Maybe they were a neighbor from years gone by. Now is the chance to tell your story anonymously. Go to NightmareNeighbors.com to share your Nightmare Neighbors story with us. Or call 888-68-CRAZY. And be part of the brand new Nightmare Neighbors podcast. What happened alone one night at a hotel in New Orleans that terrified one woman for the rest of her life? That is the question, and that's what we dig into today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. 855-853-4802 is our number. Write in at realghoststoriesonline.com or you can always support our program and get bonus episodes of the show. You also get an, uh, a special email address to send your stories to, so they, they jump to the front of the line as far as us being able to review them and consider to put them on the show. It's like getting a fast pass at Disney World when it was open. Uh, so you get part of that uh, when you sign up to be an extra podcast person. How do you become an EPP where you get that and all the bonus episodes and all the advanced episodes? ghostpodcast.com or if you prefer Patreon another great app there all the same content over there they got an app that you can use on uh, your uh, mobile devices and uh, get everything right there and uh, patreon.com slash real ghost stories to sign up support a program five bucks a month gets you all of that stuff hundreds of bonus episodes new ones every week advanced episodes like I said help uh, keep this pirate ship afloat ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com Slash Real Ghost Stories. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again. Hello. How are you this fine day? I'm good. How are you? I'm looking out the window and enjoying the fine green tinge to the air. Mm-hmm. It's always lovely when you have that greenish tinge in the air. It means severe weather is coming. Yes, it does. And when severe weather comes, I like to talk like this. Like the buttons you used to press at Kmart on the different nature CDs that you could buy. Babbling Brook. You're not helping. Horrific murder scene. It's the same music. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's how they <laughs> it's all the work. Same music. It was like, it was like Babbling Brook. <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer's Freezer. It's like, it sounds so much alike, but they're just relaxing in the same way. 
could you imagine if you could have found a way to hack that shit back in the day and and oh my god that would have been hilarious it probably wouldn't have been that hard because i'm sure it was just like i don't know maybe it was hard i don't know but whatever it was you, you get in there and you you, you keep the music, but you change what it says. So it says horrible things like like, like Jeffrey Dahmer's freezer in I'm the real relaxing way. And somebody's like, I'm surprised you never attempted to do that because that sounds like something you would have tried. I didn't even think that it was, I don't, the tech, you got to think of the technology at the time. We had uh -huh. cassette tapes and CDs. We didn't have little, I mean, if you're putting something on a disc, it was a, a 3.1 disc or bigger. So I don't even know. I mean, it was amazing that there was this box you could press buttons and it would play different things. I know, but if anybody had the access to the stuff to do that shit, it would have been you. And anybody had the teenager ideas to do it, it would have been you. So. I bet it was just a CD player. I'm trying to think of how that probably worked. It was probably just a CD player and you push the button and it just played, it played, played a track. Thing. So it probably would have been a lot easier. Because I mean, my mind, I'm thinking it's like a computer or something back. and it's like a mini track it's like it's yeah. not the full song it's just a portion of it that's all it was yep damn it i totally could have done that you could have freaked everybody out at costco or whatever store you or oh, shopco i mean that would have been hilarious mm -hmm. to do i had a cd burner before anybody else did yeah because we had that at the radio station and it was i was pretty cool shit uh where i i had i could burn anything to a cd and i was like look at this and then like slowly everybody else got that oh <gasps> Missed opportunities and regrets. Damn it. That would have been great. 855-853-4802 uh, is our phone number. At Real Ghost Stories Online. You know, sometimes... Oh, it's probably on a disc now. I was going to say, sometimes at Target, I see those around the holidays. Probably MP3s. You probably, you probably it's like a little SD card or something. Yeah. I little. could totally do that now. I was going to break into it at Target. And... <laughs> Tar Target is the most secure retail store there is. Every one of those bubbles on the ceiling is cameras pointed every direction. They, so, they actually have a security force at Target yeah. that like man security cameras in like the back room. I know this because I knew people who worked at one. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, holy shit. And they actually used to wear uniforms that were like kind of cop-like. Now they don't because they didn't want to be seen. But... Um, yeah, I, I would never do that. Like, Dad got arrested for trying to change the music out in the Christmas uh, box <laughs> section at Target. He won't be here this holiday season. I don't know why suddenly Harper is talking like Jethro, but... Um, I don't know. It's better than the story that we're going to share on uh, <laughs> Nightmare Neighbors where I wanted to do something that probably would have gotten me arrested. So. Yeah, that probably wouldn't have worked out well, but uh, that's on our other podcast, Nightmare Neighbors. Uh, you can check that out, nightmareneighbors.com, or subscribe wherever you download podcasts. Uh, it should be up by now. <laughs> so 855-853-4802 uh, is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. Let's go to our first one. Uh, it says, uh, I've been listening to Real Ghost Stories Online and the Grave Talks podcast for maybe about a year now. I just recently joined the Facebook group. Not only have I had a lot of experiences of unexplained things happening all of my life since I was born, but my mother and her mother have as well. In fact, we have so many stories that we've talked about starting our own podcast and attempted to record one. But with life being so busy and me being a huge chicken, it just hasn't been made official. I myself am afraid to start talking about these things because every time they're brought up, it seems to start up again. While my mom, on the other hand, likes to challenge the things and say, oh, do that again. 
But of course, spirits do not actually work on command. So I thought I'd start by sharing one of my most recent events here with you guys and see what you think. Now, out of everything that I've heard, felt, or experienced, this is by far the scariest and coolest, which is why uh, since then I've banned anything from my house, telling the spirits or whatever they are that they are not welcome in my home, but can gladly visit me at work or when I'm in public. Side note, I work for a printing company that designs, prints, and ships many uh, of life tributes to funeral homes across the nation. So I enjoy listening to the grave talks and real ghost stories online while photoshopping deceased people's photos, obituaries, and wonder if their spirit is ever standing behind me critiquing my work. Jenny's over there like... (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I could totally see him doing that. I would totally have the same thoughts. Like, I wonder what they think of this picture of them dead that I just photoshopped. Yeah. It's like I put them in front of a waterfall. I'm not making fun of this person's occupation. I just think that the thought of wondering about them standing behind there and what their thoughts are, that's totally yeah. on par with what I would think. And that's what I thought was funny. She says, wow, she made me look good. Or bitch, my, <laughs> <laughs> my hair ain't that gray. That's what she wrote. I'm not making that I up. I love it. Uh, my boss and I have experienced <laughs> twice something in her upstairs office just a few months ago, which she blames on me since I've invited them. I'm telling you, they follow me. But that is a story for another time. So today I am here at work on a slow Saturday morning and feel comfortable enough to share my scariest moment. Every year for the past eight years or so, my mom has a work conference that requires her to travel for a week of classes. And on occasion, I've tagged along. Free hotel room and exclusive all-you-can-eat dinner parties? Hell yeah, I'm going. Now that I think about it, something strange has almost always happened each time I've gone, but last year was the best and worst. Last year's conference vacation took us to New Orleans. It was the first time for all of us, my now husband, mom, and me. We enjoyed the first few days, my husband and I sightseeing and exploring all day while mom was in class, and we'd meet her back at the hotel, get dressed up for dinner, and head out for free and limited drinks, food, and dancing. So after the first couple of days, I was exhausted. By the second to the last day, my feet, hips, and back were killing me, so I decided that night I was going to stay behind take a long hot bath and relax while they left to meet my aunt and cousin at the last party. It's probably about 30 minutes after that that they left that I decided to finally put down my phone and start the bath. The water seemed to take forever to get hot enough. Ended up sitting there having to drain the tub and fill it again so you could say I was in there for a while just waiting. I'd not been waiting or watching any scary movies or anything, just being alone in the room. Just trying not to freak myself out. I do not know if I was sensing someone at the time or what, but I brushed it off and just told myself it was nothing. Finally, the water was hot enough, so I got into the tub and tried to fully submerge, which we all know does not work for any adult in regular-sized tubs. But whatever, I was finally relaxed, and I just trying to clear my mind, took a deep breath, started to stare off, and my eyes were immediately drawn to movement. Suddenly, my hairbrush on the counter began to move on its own. Not just a slight bump. No, I watched as my hairbrush handle rotated a full five Mississippi seconds on the counter over the lip and on the sink towards me. My heart was beating so fast I froze. There's no way that could have possibly happened. It was as if someone was slowly examining the brush. I tried myself it was I tried to tell myself it was okay and to just ignore it. I wanted to relax, but 
I did. Seriously, just watch that happen. I cannot even remember now if this was in my head or if I yelled out, nope, and jumped out of that tub so fast, dried off as quickly as possible while still trying to compose myself and quickly walked out of the bathroom. I stopped, contemplated taking a breather, going back to my bath, but thought to myself, am I crazy? Nope. Through my clothes, talking out loud at whatever it was, okay, you need to leave. I'm leaving too, but you have to go. Luckily, I had not gotten my hair wet yet. Walked back to the bathroom, continuing to tell whatever it was to leave. Locked, looked in the mirror and thought, fuck, I can't go out in public like this. I looked down at the now steel hairbrush and knew I had no choice but to pick it up. I quickly grabbed the brush and ran it through the mess, brushed a little powder on my face and ran back to bed, grabbed my phone and purse and bolted out the door. I waited until I was out of the elevator in the presence of other people before finding an empty couch in the lobby. Shaking, I texted my husband a short description of what had just happened. I called my mom just to see where they were at. She answered with the sound of a large band blaring behind her. We're at the House of Blues. I can't hear you. Text me. After getting my husband to agree to meet me a few blocks down, I headed around the corner and out the door. Shit. It was pouring rain and I did not grab an umbrella. I stepped back inside and thought about going back up to get one. Nope. I proceeded to follow the crowd down the street, dodging the rain through the gaps of awnings. I'll never forget that split second of looking down to pass by a not-so-attractive woman sprawled out, face down, mouth wide open on the dirty street as the rain just pelted down on her, while a man half her size, sleeping behind her, pulled her closer, attempting to spoon. Only a few more blocks, I found my husband's hand, and we were around the corner inside the booming party. Finding our table, everyone was already a few drinks in and dancing and singing to the band. Apparently, by the time I had sat down, my mom had already informed everyone of my, hap- my happenings. They were all smiles. My aunt had reached over to the napkin in front of me, slowly sliding it around, ooh, taunting me with a whistly growl. I said something along the lines of very funny. It really was moving. It scared me to death. She ended up giving me a small piece of sage out of her purse to help and explained what I needed to do. Mom tried to debunk it by saying it was probably just a vibration of the elevators near our room. No, that was not a vibration. I know the difference between something shaking or falling versus a smooth gliding rotation that I witnessed and there was no sound as it moved. I slowly came around to enjoying the band and singing and dancing along, but dreaded the eventual return to our room. Opening the door, my mom laughed. You left on all the lights and the TV? Uh, yeah, nobody got time for that. I did as my aunt said, walking, smoking the sage to each corner of our room, telling the spirits they were not welcome and needed to leave. It'd only work if everyone in the room believed and agreed they were not welcome, which took some convincing on my mom's part. Whatever helped me sleep. Did I decide that last day I wanted to see a psychic for some insights on the previous night and why not New Orleans for my first ever reading? Only what looked like the real deal only took appointments weeks in advance and swing by a shop proved it. So I ended over up I ended up overpaying for a 20-minute tarot card reading and talk from the only available psychic for an affirmation on what I already knew. Although we did mention that if I were ever to join a cult or hone in my abilities, I could go far. No, thank you. It's always good to get that reassurance if you ever want to join a cult of your chances of success. You could go far. It'd be fun. You know, join a cult, start a cult. 
I enjoyed that story. Thank you for making me laugh out loud. I needed that. That was good. <laughs> that was good. So I guess it's, you know, the the aunt kind of making fun, but obviously she takes it fairly seriously considering she has sage to go. Maybe she feels like she can make fun because she has the sage. Yeah, it, it's like one of those things where it's like you can't make that joke unless you're part of that group or mm -hmm. something. And then it's, it's socially acceptable. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, having something like that happen, I, I, I'm assuming the sage worked, considering the story kind of ended there, but... Yeah, I don't know. That's why you need the spray bottle all the time. Maybe I'm missing something, but I don't understand why New Orleans is so haunted. Being a port, it being uh, the, just the history itself, I don't, I, you know, I'm, this is bad because I don't know my American history well because they taught it very shittily in my school. And they did a lot of, well, we'll only teach this part and not that part mm -hmm. and, and all that. So, you know, it's probably, you look into the history and I'm guessing there's probably a lot of, you know, suffering and issues yeah. that have occurred in that place over time. Yeah. So. No, I, I know that there's a ton of history and it could be just the combination of all the history but I didn't know you know if there was like a curse put upon the area or whatever like Savannah has a very mm -hmm. storied past and it's apparently all built on Native American burial grounds sure. you know and things like that I didn't know what the story was with New Orleans why is New or haunted uh i'm just getting like a tourism site yeah and probably yellow fever epidemic in new orleans 1817 to 1905 well that's a long fucking epidemic um it's just giving me sites okay um, I'm just guessing probably a lot of things. I mean, there is, I mean, uh, some of the religion and stuff that's also practiced down there uh, probably kind of lends itself to bringing out the dead a little bit. Well, and there's the Battle of New Orleans. Yeah. So, you know. It's probably a combination. Yeah. It's a, it's a giant menu of things is my guess. 855-853-4802 uh, is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Write in at realghoststoriesonline.com and uh, support our program. Become an uh, extra podcast person at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash Stories. Next letter says, I am Faith, teenage girl, Charleston, South Carolina. My grandma's house has always been haunted. I'm 16 now. I've had experiences there for as long as I can remember. I have tons of stories, but I'll only write down a few of the major ones. My friends and I love to ghost hunt there. We often get genuinely scary and astounding results. One time we decided to take my thermal camera outside and take a few pictures and look around. My grandfather is an avid fisherman and hunter. Trust me, that part is important. He owns multiple guns and two boats. I decided to check out around the boats with my camera and found something that stopped me in my tracks. In my viewfinder, I saw a clear-cut black shadow standing behind a smaller fishing boat. The shadow was at least half of my height taller than me. I was 5'6 at the time, and it was completely devoid of light. The shadow had no features other than four long, spidey-like fingers on each hand, which were wrapped over the side of the boat. The moment I took my eyes off the viewfinder and shot my eyes to the spot it was in front of me, it was gone. Checked the camera again, but saw nothing. When I walked over to where it was, it was a dramatic drop in temperature, at least 20 degrees less than normal, and it was summer. 
in South Carolina. That means it's normally almost 100 degrees outside. Another encounter I had was when I was 12. My cousin and I were playing the piano in my grandfather's old bedroom. She was tapping outside someone's directions uh, the song, and I was recording her. At the time, nothing felt off. Months later, when we finally watched the footage, we were, we were recording. We were awestruck and terrified. On the recording, a deep male voice rang out over the top of the off-key piano tune. We repeatedly watched as the voice continually rang out each time. Ma, get your gun. A few other minor instances include people getting dragged off the bed, perfume bottles and hairspray bottles falling out of a closet cabinet, children's voices asking to play, baby laughter, and what sounds like an older woman weeping. My grandmother still denies that her house is haunted despite having several experiences herself. One of the creepiest events that still leaves me scared to this day came on one Christmas Eve. My grandmother owns a little black baby doll from when she was little. And most of the time, she'll talk about it like it's one of her own children. On said Christmas Eve, I was in my grandma's bedroom, lying on the bed, talking to my boyfriend. I do not know why, but my eyes wandered over to the doll who was sitting on my grandmother's dresser. The moment my eyes landed on it, I saw its arms snap back and into its normal place, and its front-facing eyes followed mine as I showed myself off the bed and towards the door. I still cannot look at the doll without getting... The heebie-jeebies. That's when you nope the fuck out of there. <laughs> that, that, the no, the dolls that move on their own. Mm-mm. If we could only get uh, Harper's doll to poop, that was the biggest problem I've ever had with a doll. <laughs> the constipated doll. It was the one where um, we called it baby shits a lot, and it was supposed to like have this like Play-Doh like poop that came out of it, and it would never work right. And bless her heart, she saved up her allowance for a long time to get that doll. Mm-hmm. And it never worked right. Yeah. Baby shits a lot. Mm-hmm. That thing sucked. It's like got solidified, hardened Play-Doh stuck up in its belly. I mean, that's when you almost want to get possessed so it starts shitting. It's no. like you want to break out the Ouija board and go, make this thing shit, you know. <laughs> no. I don't care what else you do. Like it also talks in Latin in reverse, but it, it does its thing too. Mm. So it makes it all better. Now, I, I it sounds like obviously there's a lot of things that have gone on in that house. Yeah. That are not explainable. And if grandma doesn't believe by now, she's never going to believe. It may be one of those things, and we talk about this a lot, where maybe she does believe, but just the fact of like saying it out loud is too scary of a proposition. Because it's one of those things where you, if you acknowledge something that you have such staunch, harsh beliefs on your whole life of this can't be real, this can't be a possibility, it kind of opens up Pandora's box to many other things too, beyond the paranormal that you have to go, maybe I'm wrong on that. And some people just don't ever want to do that. Most people don't ever want to be wrong. So that's, you know, that may be just kind of where she's at. Maybe deep down she knows there's something going on, but, you know, it's never going to verbally come out. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our number. Hi. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. I'm kind of excited to share with you. I have always been sort of sensitive to, I don't really know what to call it, the unknown, I guess. I was raised by my grandparents and my grandma always told me not to be afraid of things that I can't explain. And coincidentally, we owned a restaurant that I grew up in 
and the restaurant was haunted and several people had um, had sightings of this man who <clears throat> actually built a lot of buildings around our small town. And uh, so I would have a lot of experience as a child, three, four, five years old with her. And she would always tell me, you know, don't be afraid of things moving around and whatnot. Well, one day when I was um, in the car with her, we lived in a rural area in Oklahoma and it was evening time in the summer. I was probably about seven or eight years old at this point and we're driving and just the two of us on a two-lane country road, uh, paved road, but um, I'm looking out the window in the sky and I see there are no other clouds in the sky at all and I see this giant pair of what looks like butterfly wings in the sky and I tell her, Graham, you know, look, look in the sky, look at those butterfly wings. And she kind of blows me off like, yeah, oh, I see it. That's nice. And I said, well, you didn't even look. And by that time, you could see an entire formation. And it was this massive, I can't even describe to you how large it was in the sky, massive angel. It had a head, no face. I didn't see a halo. I didn't see any arms or legs. This huge, just gigantic pair of wings and what looked like a big full dress and she slowed way down on the road we couldn't stop because there was no shoulder any place to pull over and so she slowed down we're probably going 20 miles an hour just crawling watching this like I said no other clouds in the sky at all and it was kind of pink colored like the sunset so it wasn't white like a cloud the outline of it was had a pink cast to it and we watched it until it faded away and most clouds will distort when they fade away this one just got dimmer and dimmer and dimmer until you couldn't see it anymore the moment it faded away we had come around a curve on this road and there was an 18-wheeler on our side of the road and we actually laid on the horn and had to go off in the ditch a little bit um, you know nothing too traumatic but we did have to run off the road and kind of stop and regroup a little bit and he pulled over also and actually came back to see if we were okay and told us that he had dozed off and was so apologetic and helped us get our car back on the road um, but I truly believe had we not seen that angel in the sky that we would have probably hit him head-on um, up ahead a little bit further in the curvy part of that road and <clears throat> When my grandma said to me, Sharice, that's an angel, I, I remember being terrified. And so it means a lot to me in the Bible whenever an angel appears to someone in the Bible, the first thing they say is, don't be afraid, because I was scared, and I couldn't explain it. And uh, she told me after we left, don't ever tell anyone that story, because people won't believe you. They'll think you're crazy. But I have told that story a few times, and I'm happy to share it with you guys today. So thank you. I think that's a great story, and it is, you know, probably exactly that. They might not have made it out that day had they not taken the time to, to notice that and see what was in the sky. There was certainly a reason why they had that moment. Yeah. So, that that's... It all actually worked out good there. The The trucker came back and said, hey, I'm so horribly sorry that this happened. He didn't just, like, keep going and... They yeah. Turn into duel following them around from town to town. God, that scared me, that movie. Did they ever remake Duel? Weren't they like I thought a couple of years ago they were supposed to 
duel was like coming back. It's one of those, how can you make it scarier? Or is it, would it translate today to be that scary with all the stuff that's out there? I don't know. Duel. Remake reportedly in development. Uh, January 11th, 2020. Uh, I don't know. Duel, by the way, is a 1971 film. Um, it's a Steven Spielberg film. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Was it one of his first ones? I think so. Uh, where basically it's a semi that... Do you ever see the person in the semi? I, I want to say it's Dennis Hopper, but I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, but I know you see his boots, right? Dennis Weaver portrays... Dennis Weaver. Portrays a man, a business a commuter from California, driving a Plymouth Valiant while on his way to meet a client. He soon finds himself chased by the most unseen, uh, by a mostly unseen driver uh, in a uh, Peterbilt 281 who chases and terrorizes the man uh, after man overtakes him. Uh, It was originally aired as a television film. I didn't know that. It's part of the ABC movie of the week. Uh, (laughs) That was a good one. Raider later received an international theatrical release in an extended version featuring scenes shot after the film's original broadcast. It's become a classic. So it was originally a made-for-TV movie. Sometimes those those were the good ones. I had no idea. I mean, I could see I mean, a fairly low budget, you know, you're filming cars, you know. Yeah. But uh, I had no idea it was a movie of the week. If. If they do go ahead and remake Duel, which who knows with COVID right now, if they're going to do anything, yeah, we'll go see it. That would be awesome. Yeah, that's uh, that's just interesting. Um, uh, I'm, I'm looking at the uh, the Wikipedia of it because you got on the rabbit hole of something in Wikipedia. And you're like, <laughs> oh my god! Which incidentally, we made a podcast uh, for that rabbit hole called "The Dark Side of Wikipedia," where we go and go through. Um, uh, dark entries in Wikipedia and comment about them. It's like being able to read Wikipedia, but you can listen to it as you uh, drive or do whatever it is you uh, you do. Uh, you can just search dark side of Wikipedia. It is out there, and uh, you'll probably thoroughly enjoy it because we enjoy uh, creating it every week. And if you have a suggestion for something on that, you want us to go through a dark entry, shoot me an email, and uh, we'll consider putting that into the program. Our phone number is 855-853-4802 at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's do one more. Hi. Hey, Tony. My name is Nick Perkins. Um, I'm part of a paranormal group, Florida Paranormal Research. And I was just listening to your story about the uh, the little girl. And, um, it, you know, you were talking about um, who may be able to help. And um, this group I'm part of, we go around. We don't ever go without being invited and we're only invited by people that are trying to get rid of haunts. Um, I have two psychics that we go with, um, and basically they go and try to move the spirit to the other side. Um, I've been on probably 20 or 30 investigations, and I'm kind of a skeptic, but over time I've come to um, believe that what they do works. Um, I was in one one, uh, investigation in Merritt Island, Florida, and... uh, found a hot spot in a house that had no uh, K2 activity at all. Basically, I, I have a digital meter, actually. This one area was going off the charts in a bathroom. Basically, it was where the couple had said they'd seen a shadows of an entity that was basically harassing them pretty endlessly. Um, during the investigation, after concluding it, 
and I kept going back to one spot, getting a high amount of activity. Anyway, at the end of that investigation, we, they had moved the spirit on, and there was nothing. And I was like, but I've been on numerous cases with them. I think what they do actually does work. Um, and, and I don't know if you have a way to contact that person. Um, I don't do, you know, we don't, they, I think the psychics I do, they ask for donation. I don't know. I never even asked what it was. I do, I go with them for free. All my science people go basically just because we like doing it, but we don't go to places just to go and do investigations. We only go with the team and we only go when called out by people. So it's not like a money making scheme of any sort at all. Um, and I might be able to get it pro bono or something if, or for free if, if these people didn't have any funds but it just sounds like heartbreaking and someone be terrorized by some ghost well, there you go it's good to uh, hear of uh, groups out there if you're in that part of the country that might be one to uh, to reach out to if, they're well, uh, always willing to help yeah we don't really do any I guess ghost uh, paranormal matchmaking uh, uh, you know for lack of a better term uh, on the show but it, it, it's fine to, to reach out and say what you do and and then people can independently, you know. Well, yeah. I mean, it's hard to know mm-hmm. who's out there in your area, yeah. especially somebody that's trustworthy. Yeah. Or who does what? Because we have no experience with that with anybody. But thank you for sharing that uh, uh, that insight there. Uh, our phone number is 855-853-4802 to share your real ghost stories with us. We would absolutely love to hear them. That is going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you want to keep us on the air, become an extra podcast person, as we call it, EPP ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories five bucks a month gets you access to all the bonus episodes new ones every week more than 300 ready to download advanced episodes and more ghostpodcast.com patreon.com slash real ghost stories until next time for jenny i'm tony thanks for listening to real ghost stories online Hope everybody is doing their best right now as we're going through this crazy time in our world. I'm Tony Bruski, host of Real Ghost Stories Online. Wanted to invite you and let you know about our other brand new podcast that we just launched, Help Kill the Time for You. It's called The Dark Side of Wikipedia. It's about true crime and dark history. We dive into some of the strangest, most disturbed minds and experiences from our history and examine their story, their Wikipedia entry, and then discuss the cases, the individuals, and the psychology of the events as we go through each and every story. Some of our first episodes include Ed Gein, the BTK killer, the New London School Explosion, Amityville Murders, Richard Speck, Amelia Dyer, the General Slocum disaster, Jeffrey Dahmer, and more. New episodes every single week. Check out Dark Side of Wikipedia. Search it. Subscribe wherever you download podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. It's available now with new episodes every single week. Dark Side of Wikipedia. Search and subscribe today and stay safe out there.